first bludgeon this morning is on page 215. The beggars have come to your door. Please give alms. True is your court where one gets true darshan. There one gets true love and gets across on the true raft. He came as the benefactor. Please give alms. Your glory is unique. You are the protector of the suffering ones. You are the gardener of the soul's garden. Please come and cut the snare of Yama. Your greatness is unique. Please give alms. Remove the disease of egoism. Show us the radiant glimpse. Make us hear the true Shabbat. Give us the alms of Nam. Show us the unique glimpse. Please give alms. No means are of any help in the paraphernalia of this world. Of what status was Ajayb? It was Kripal who gave support. Please cut our disease. Please give alms. The beggars have come to your door. Please give alms. Page 
Tere na 
ਜਿਹੜੇ ਨਾਮ ਦਾ ਭਰੋਸਾ ਬਾਰੀ ਰਕੀ ਲਾਜ ਪਿਆੜਿਆਂ ਜੀ ਤੇਰੇ ਨਾਮ ਦਾ ਭਰੋਸਾ ਬਾਰੀ ਰਕੀ ਲਾਜ ਪਿਆੜਿਆਂ ਨੀ ਕਾਹੋ ਕਬੀਰ ਬਜ ਸਰੰਗ ਪਾਣੀ ਉਰਵਰ ਪਾਰ ਸਭ ਏਕੋ ਦਾਨੀ ਕਾਹੋ ਕਬੀਰ ਬਜ ਸਰੰਗ ਪਾਣੀ ਉਰਵਰ ਪਾਰ ਸਭ ਏਕੋ ਦਾਨੀ ਉਰਵਰ ਪਾਰ ਸਭ ਏਕੋ ਦਾਨੀ ਰਕੀ ਲਾਜ ਪਿਆਰਿਆਂ ਦੀ ਤੇਰੇ ਨਾਮ ਦਾ ਭਰੋਸਾ ਬਾਰੀ ਰਕੀ ਲਾਜ ਪਿਆਰਿਆਂ ਦੀ ਤੇਰੇ ਨਾਮ ਦਾ ਭਰੋਸਾ ਬਾਰੀ ਰਕੀ ਲਾਜ ਪਿਆਰਿਆਂ ਦੀ ਕਬੀਰ says remember him as the rain bird remembers water since he is the giver in this world and the world beyond we have the great support of your nam to protect the honor of the dear ones well somebody on the tape circuit once requested that uh, when somebody unusual does the satsang we're supposed to say why and it's uh Susan is not sick and uh, just she may have wanted to go to Cancun I don't know but she's not in Cancun she's I'm not even sure if she's in the hall but at any rate she's having a weekend off so uh the uh the readings today are all from the April 1991 Sanbani magazine and hopefully uh people will appreciate the there is some connection here i can't tell you exactly what it is and maybe after i read them i'll be able to know what it is it's an interesting thing when we do the magazine uh sometimes people will say afterwards that gee does uh, the articles in the magazine all fit together very well and we always say uh it's always a surprise to us because for years. I mean, this is from 1991. Now here we are in 2005 and it's getting hard to find material to go in the magazine because Sanchi hasn't been giving any new talks for several years. Uh but even back in 1991, uh the way it worked was various people would be transcribing tapes and stuff and you wouldn't necessarily know until the the week that you were putting everything together, you know, what material you had. Sometimes suddenly someone would send in a tape that they had transcribed and you use what material came to hand and it was the master himself always arranging everything and uh, we were always just as surprised as everybody else how things fit together so hopefully today these readings will fit together and people will appreciate them the first one is from Baba Jamal Singh a letter to Baba Samal Singh uh and it starts out with evidently Baba Sonsing had written something about his work and the, the man who had been in charge of the work previously 
had showed thousands of dollars in profits to the government, but they weren't evidently weren't there. Just like currently, you hear stories about companies that have basically cooked the books, and Baba Sound Singh was evidently worried that under his uh, leadership, there weren't going to be thousands of dollars in profits, and so somebody might think that either he had stolen it or who knows what. So here's what. Baba Jamal Singh has this to say and other things. Please have no apprehensions about anything, nor worry about the brick kilns. It is government work. All government work will go on of itself. Only think of yourself as an agent, and Radhaswami Dindayal will himself do the rest. You need only work honestly and faithfully. Radhaswami Dindayal will be merciful. If the man in charge of this assignment before you showed thousands in profits to the government, you will have no trouble. Take away all anxiety from your mind and work freely without any anxiety. Please note that you should always be mindful of your bhajan and simran and should not waste time in the least. Do not worry that work has not been done, but worry and repent that so much time has been wasted and so many breaths passed away, unutilized, without your having achieved anything, worldly or spiritual. As for the relations and the family members, do not be sad when they pass away. This Shabbat, which is your real wealth, is covered by three sheaths, namely causal, astral, and material. Shabbat is the tree. All worldly people are like leaves. The leaves of the tree do not last more than a year. Every year all the leaves fall, but the tree does not feel it and is unaffected by the loss of the leaves. See how much knowledge the tree has? And our intellect or our knowledge is not as good as that of a tree, even though we are conscious and the tree is unconscious and it cannot receive liberation like we can. Our progeny, wealth, property, rank, greatness, reputation, family, wife, in fact, every worldly object right up to an entire kingdom, all are unreal, and we have not even so much knowledge as the tree, which is unconscious, for the tree never feels the loss of its leaves. Always look upon the world as if it is a dream and believe it firmly. Our relatives also are part of the dream world and are therefore unreal. Work in the world with this consciousness in your heart. Keep the Simran always in your mind because only the Shabbat-dun is lasting and all else is unreal. And the word of the Satguru also is true. It is never false. Keep it always in your mind. Keep Saran, refuge in the Master, always in your mind and put your surat and nijman in the sound of the shabadun and keep in it. When you sit in bhajan and hear the sound, give up all worries of the world. There is nothing greater than shabad. Increase this practice from day to day and never lessen it. Always, while sitting, walking, or moving about, 
Keep this in your mind, and always keep the idea of such kind, alak, agam, and anami, in your mind, thinking to yourself, that is my home, it is there that I have to go. This will keep you indifferent towards the world. The sound of the Shabbat Dun and this idea of Anami Radhaswami Dham should always be in your thoughts. This is all the sadhan or discipline. There is no greater discipline than this. Do this every day. What you are doing is fruitful. Take the I, the ego, out of yourself and remember only the Satguru and the words of the Satguru. When everything, body, mind, wealth, everything belongs to the Satguru, then all the worldly goods as well as relations also belong to Satguru. Shabaddun is of Satguru. And then it says in quotes, I am nothing. Always remember these words. Radhaswami is your protector and will never let any worldly misery visit you. He is very pleased with you. Drive off worldly love, and in its place, keep the love for Satguru. Always keep on with your reading books, and think then on what you have read, so that the mind and surat may enjoy the sweetness of the Shabbat current, which has been allotted to you by him. Drive out longing for the world, and then it will be all Shabbat and Shabbat. I am very, very, very much pleased with you, and Radhaswami is showering great mercy upon you. But make your mind deserving of it. If the Lord, in his kindness and mercy, sends disease or death, you should not say, why has it been done? but instead be grateful to him for it. Accept this and follow this, and you will become a gurumukh. I did not mean that you should not live in the cantonment, but I was thinking that there are restrictions in the cantonment, and in the cantonment you will have to live like Europeans. Otherwise, the cantonment is good and the air is pure, but you should live alone, and not let many other people come to you, and encourage only satsangis. You are not to become very intimate or familiar with anybody. And this says it was reprinted from Spiritual Letters, a collection of letters written to Baba Singh by his master. The next one is entitled, In Remembrance of Azur. This is by Master Kapal Singh. And it says in the blurb, an English translation of a talk delivered by Master in Hindi at a satsang in India, reprinted from the April 1970 issue of Satsandesh magazine. The company of a true master is uplifting to the soul. When you see a wrestler reveling in his strength, you naturally desire to be strong. Similarly, when you are fortunate to sit by a master and wrapped in loving thought, you get uplift by the radiation in the charged atmosphere surrounding him. 
more than you will get from years of doing ascetic practices. Milana Rumi says, if you are fortunate enough to sit at the feet of a God-realized man for even one quarter of a day with attention fully absorbed, you will derive from that a life impulse which you will not get from doing even 100 years of desireless worship of the Lord. If there is a fire burning somewhere, take a little from that and derive the benefit of the warmth. The charging you get from the charging you get in such a place you cannot get from reading books. It should then be increased day by day. Those people who sat at Hazor's feet, Baba Saman Singhji, were most fortunate. Just by being in his presence and seeing the life essence, they experienced great bliss. How can they forget that? One can say that it is something like the Chakor bird who gazes at the moon and does not avert her eyes until, bending backward, her beak rests on the ground. Being thus so enamored, what would her condition be if the moon disappeared? This is an example to remind those who, like the moths, attracted to the light, enjoyed the sweet company of the Master. To one who enjoyed such a blessing, this reference is enough to bring home the condition of the hearts of those who were so fortunate to have a glimpse of Hazur. Even today, through his graciousness, people are being helped. What was his teaching? It was the same as that which has been going on for ages past. Whenever people forget that teaching, masters come to revive it. Today the world is again full of tormented hearts, but where there is demand, the supply will come. This is the rule of nature. There is food for the hungry and water for the thirsty. For the literate and illiterate both, the subject of spirituality is the same. All have to still the senses, the mind, and the intellect, and then realize the truth. Whatever a person's vocabulary commands, he will, in that many words, tell what God is and give different examples. How can one know when the world was made and how and who made it? The answer is given as that God made it. When and how can only be known if one goes to him and asks him, for he is the creator. When we reach him, our senses will not be with us, nor will the mind, the intellect, or the body. Great knowledge will open up in front of us, and there will be no need for any questions. So our Hazur always gave the answer, Come on, brothers. Why not ask this question of him who created this world? It is a very simple solution. All masters have given similar answers. Kabir says, when the juggler performed his feat, everyone came to see the play. 
God is the controller of all time and space. If we want to see all this, we have to rise as high as he is. A Muslim prophet, Hafiz Saab, says, O heart, rise above your body consciousness and transcend into the beyond. Then you will be able to see that which is your very life. Kabir Saab once said to some learned people who came to discuss this very subject, Your mind and mine cannot become one. I say what I have seen, and you say what you have read on paper. What a person sees is very clear-cut. So if a man wants to contact the truth, what should he do? He should keep the company of any master who is already in contact with the truth. Even in the Gita, Lord Krishna said that if you are in search of knowledge, then go to such a master who is one with God inside. Then again he says that when you go to a God-realized man with full sincerity and humility, question him as much as you like. And when you are satisfied, take his path and work for it. You should also remember that no true master will impose his will on anyone, but he will develop one's better understanding until the subject has some appeal. For this path, a chaste life is very important. If a house has no foundation, how long will it stand? For spirituality, this is most important to guard. The Vedas say that with 40 drops of ghee, clarified butter, one drop of blood is made. And with 40 drops of blood, one drop of bone marrow is made. And with 40 drops of marrow, one drop of semen is made. Just see what a valuable thing it is. The more it is protected, the more life one will have. The more indulgence one has, the nearer to death one will advance. For one indulgence of passion will result in several days of damaging effects. What happens to those people who spend day and night in passion? Their hearts, minds, and physical forms are sick. If the illness in the world is on the increase, it is because of this. People of my age can bear witness that when we were small and a baby was born in a family, if a small child would ask, where has it come from? The parents would say that somebody had brought it. The purity of parents was so high that we lived in innocence. You might laugh at this, but what purity of life it was. Today, when you ask a small child, he will tell you everything about the subject. We are responsible for this because our whole life is filthy. So I always advocate that our lives should be pure in thought, word, and action. You might raise objections to this and say, what about the family life? Only yesterday I received a letter from an American who writes, now we are husband and wife in soul. They are companions in life. Marriage means taking a companion in life who will be with us in weal or woe, and both should realize God. 
Married life is no bar to spirituality if conducted according to the scriptures. To have children is one duty, but only when you want a child should you have any contact. But we are under the impression that a family life is one of indulgence. That is wrong. Nearly all masters who came led a family life, but their lives were balanced and controlled. When I was in Lahore, I remember once that Hazur received a letter from a man who wished to meet him. So the master called me and said, Kirpal Singh, you go and see him. This man lived on the edge of town. And when I arrived, he said, who, when I arrived, he said, has Hazur sent you? And I replied that he had. He then said very quietly, I would like to tell you that I was first with Guru Ramdas Ji, the fourth guru of the Sikhs. I am telling you that man's very words. And the man continued, then I came in the time of the 10th guru, Guru Gobind Singh. Up to now, I have not returned home. So I want to request to Hazur that whomsoever he initiates, he should give complete initiation into light and sound principle of Nam, not only Simran, so that the disciple should work hard and earn his salvation through it and cut short this long race of life and death. That's the end of what the man said. And Master continues, So, with great blessing, one gets a human form. And with greater blessing, one comes to the true master who gives you full initiation. Make best use of it. Why do you want to come again and again to this world? Today we are sitting in remembrance of Baba Saman Singh Ji. One year has gone by since we last sat together. Think back over that year and find out where you were then and where you are now. Have you had promotion in your life or demotion? If a promotion, then I congratulate you. If a demotion, then try to revive your lesson again. The more you live up to his words, the nearer you will get to him. He once said that if you take a medicine and lock it away in a cupboard, then how is the cure going to be affected? <clears throat> Contact with the light and sound principle of Nam is the bread and water of life. Don't give bread to your physical body until you give bread to your soul. On October 4, 1947, Hazur fell physically ill. He sent for me on the morning of October 12 and told me, all other duties have been distributed to various people, but I have not given the duty of initiation to anybody. That I give unto you so that the spiritual work may flourish. These are his very words, and the work is flourishing. Any person who can obtain help from somewhere should get it. This teaching is an inner one. I have love for everyone, and I want that my master's name be known more and more, and that his work should continue. And that's the conclusion of that one.
Well, I think uh, <clears throat> I think Susan read this talk just a few weeks ago. Uh, but anyways, it's part of what I chose to read, so <laughs> I trust that it won't. Uh, nobody will be bothered by hearing it again. This is by Sanchi, and it's basically a meditation talk. I don't know what the date of it is. Doesn't say. Sanchi says, make the mind quiet as only a quiet mind can meditate. Don't understand meditation as a burden. Do it lovingly. Don't pay any attention to the outer disturbances. Don't allow your mind to wander outside while you are meditating. Concentrate him at the eye center. Saints and Mahatmas lay a great emphasis on doing the meditation. And the reason for that is that our mind is wandering outside a lot. No matter what outer practice you do, what extroverted practice, no matter how much you do that, still your mind will not stop wandering. He will just continue wandering outside. Just make him listen to the inner divine melody. He will come to a stop and he will come under your control. All the saints have told us about their own experience, that we don't have any enemy outside in the world. If there is any enemy, it is our mind, and he is within us. Sitting within us, he misleads us, and he creates all kinds of bad thoughts. Sitting in our within and creating all those bad thoughts for others, he is making us hate others. <coughs> This world is like a huge forest of pleasures and passions. And entering into this forest of the pleasures, we have lost track of ourselves. We have forgotten our reality, our origin, and we are wandering here and there. This is a special and a great amount of grace of the saints and Mahatmas who come into this world that they tell us how to come out from this forest of the passions and the pleasures. They give us that medicine using which we can be liberated from this forest of passions and pleasures. The medicine is the meditation of Shabbat Nam. Within us, sometimes lust grows its forest. Anger grows its forest. In the same way, ego, attachment, and greed also grow their forests. All these things are created by the negative power. They all trap us in their forests, and they always keep us there. <coughs> Saints and Mahatmas lovingly tell us, as the disease is within you, in the same way, the medicine to remove the disease is also within you. Graciously, they tell us about the meditation of the Shabbatnam, which can help us to get rid of all the passions and pleasures. And they tell us, when you are given this medication of the Shabbatnam, you should use it. You should practice it with the abstinence which the Master tells you to do. Suppose you bring medicine from a doctor. If you do not abstain from the things 
which he has told you while taking the medicine, if you do not abstain from the things which he has told you, that while taking the medicine, that medicine will not work, because you have not followed the rules laid down by the doctor. I didn't read that right. Let's start start again. Suppose you bring medicine from a doctor. If you do not abstain from the things which he has told you, then, while taking the medicine, that medicine will not work because you have not followed the rules laid down by the doctor. In that, there is no fault of the doctor. In the same way, if you do not abstain from the things which the masters tell you while you are doing the meditation of Nam, the master is not at fault. It is your fault, because you are, you are not abstaining from the things which he has told you. And if that medicine does not work, if you do not progress even after meditating, you should know that it is your fault, because you were supposed to abstain from the things which the Master told you while you were meditating. So always, lovingly and faithfully, without understanding it as a burden, we should do our meditation and we should apply the medicine of Shabad Nam, which the Master has graciously given to us. Because the medicine of the Shabad Nam is the only thing which can make us free from this forest of the pleasures. Kabir Sahib says that many rishis and munis and great sages and seers were deceived by the mind because they used to do the outer rites and rituals and the outer practices. But when the saints came into this world, they themselves practiced the the introvert path. They took their attention in the within, and they taught the same practice to their children, to their disciples. And that is why they were able to overcome the attack of the mind, and they were able to become free from the wiles of the mind. Kabir Saab says, By the attack of the mind, many people, many great sages and seers fell down. Leaving the populated area, they were taken to the forest. And furthermore, following the mind, those people have gone into hell. Master Saman Singh Ji used to tell a story of a Mahatma who was always asked a question by a young woman in his village. Is that your beard or a bush? That Mahatma would always keep quiet, and he would always hear that, but he would not make any comment or answer. In other versions of this story, the the woman who asked the question was a prostitute, and uh, I'll comment on what's important about that. It might get to the end of the story, but... um, So she says, is that your beard or a bush? The Mahatma would always keep quiet, and he would always hear that. But he would not make any comment or answer. It was very difficult for him to be patient at that time, because within us the mind is sitting, and it is very difficult to bear such things. But as Kabir Saab says, the Mahatma has to be very patient, because God has given them a great amount of patience, 
and they have to listen to the good and the evil things of the worldly people. So that Mahatma always used to be patient and quiet, and he would not answer that question. In the end, when he was about to leave the body, he told his disciples, you should go and call that young woman. And in the other versions of the story, when he did that, many of his disciples thought, you know, that there was something wrong with their master, that he was calling a prostitute. But the effect, the effect of it was that he was doing this to, uh, in some way, save that person's soul. So he says, you should go and call that young woman. When she came, he told her, now you should ask me your question. That young woman replied, Mahatma Ji, you never replied to this question before. Why is that, is, why is that so? And why are you again saying that I should ask that question? That Mahatma said, how can one have faith in his mind? Because mind is such a tricky thing that if you start believing in him, if you start having faith in him, it is possible that he may mislead you. Now that my end time has come and I know that I am taking my beard unstained, it is not, this is not a bush. That is why I am in the position to answer the question that I am taking my beard and not the bush. Because I did not believe in the mind, if I had answered this question earlier, it was possible that the mind would have misled me. <clears throat> so as Master Samhain Singh Ji used to say, you should first take your mind to where he belongs, and after that you should believe in him. You should not become a slave of the mind. You should not move according to the commandments of the mind. You should not listen to the dictates of the mind. You should listen to the master and should do your meditation without paying any attention to the mind. Kabir Saab says, I thought that my mind had died and had become a ghost. But even after dying and becoming a ghost, he is not leaving me. He is not leaving me alone. He is chasing me. Baba Vishnadasji used to call his mind as a dog. And he used to say, this dog barks unnecessarily, and he always creates the disturbances. <clears throat> Sometimes when I would see him sitting very quiet and very peaceful, I would ask him, Babaji, today you are looking very peaceful and quiet. What is the reason? Then he would say, yes, today I have tied my dog, and he is not barking anymore. And sometimes I would ask him to eat some food, and he would say, no, I do not want to eat the food. At that time, he would say, today I do not want to feed my dog. He used to say, when you will understand your mind like this, then your mind will stop barking unnecessarily, and he will then come under your control. When you will explain to your mind about all these things, and when you will take your mind back to his real home, after that, you can say that you have controlled the mind. As long as you have not taken your mind up to Brahm, where it belongs, you cannot say that you have had the control over your mind. Once you have taken the mind to Brahm, to its original place, then he cannot do any harm to you. So satsangi should pay attention and consider these few things, which I sometimes say before we sit for the meditation. Because you know that we have to fight with a very obstinate enemy, our mind. They should know that when we get initiation, 
and come to the path of the masters, our struggle with this obstinate enemy starts. And in this struggle, in this battle, we don't have any weapon except the weapon of the Shabbat Nam. This battle is different than the battle of the world. In the battle of the world, we may have to fight for one or two hours or for a couple of days. But this battle with our mind goes on as long as we are in the body throughout our entire lifetime. And just as if we win a battle in the world, we get honors. In the same way, if we win this battle with our mind, here also we get the prize and the honor. And it is a real honor. God gives us a place in his real home, and he gives us such an honor, which is our real property, our real wealth. And the negative power cannot take away that wealth from us. So, lovingly, we should continue doing our struggle with the mind, because in this battle, we are not alone. The last talk is uh, by Baba Samson, and this is a letter to one of his disciples. It's dated March 26, 1930. It's probably to Mr. and Mrs. Brock. Dear daughter and dear son, I received your two letters in due course of time. About a month ago, a few copies of the pamphlets were sent to you without any forwarding letter with them. No money is to be sent for these as the price is nominal. I should be glad to supply more copies if there is a need for these. Regarding the yogi and his $40 course, Mrs. Blank wrote to me about him. I gave her an outline of the yoga course and compared it with Sant Mat, and as usual gave her full permission to satisfy her curiosity. There is nothing very wrong with the systems in as far as they go. The point is that these systems, when practically looked into, do not carry one very far. Almost all the systems end at the first stage of Sant and even this stage is reached by very few. Again, there is no time limit fixed in any system during which a practitioner will reach that stage. If anybody fixes the time limit, he is deceiving himself and deceiving others. People get enamored when they hear somebody say that by following this or that system, they will attain the goal during this much time, and then they are caught. They do not critically examine the various factors involved. They do not examine themselves. Mind is not such a thing that can be switched off and on at will. It cannot be taken away from its routine course in spite of one's best efforts in a day, a month, or a year. It is a lifelong struggle. Those who have carried on this struggle or or are engaged in this struggle understand what it is to struggle with the mind. Look at the coarseness of the mind. It is son, daughter, wife, husband, friend, wealth and property, attachment, greed, lust, anger, pride, and whatnot. It is attached to the outside world with ropes, double ropes, 
triple ropes, and many-fold ropes. It has been held by these chains so long that it does not feel the irksomeness of these chains. It likes them instead. It has completely forgotten its origin. To the caged bird, the captivity is the normal run of life. What would a course of yoga do to such minds? The tangled skein, like a skein of yarn, the tangled skein cannot be unraveled so easily. Just as a mother watches or looks after her child, a practitioner looks after his mind. Even then there is no time limit. In the words of a famous poet, struggle with the mind is like an invitation to a lover to come ready for extreme sacrifice, his hit. But there is no promise of an interview even from the beloved. If it were an easy affair, Guru Nanak would not have sat on pebbles for 12 years. Christ would not have spent 19 years in the Tibet, the Tibetan hills. And the founder of the Radhaswami faith himself would not have been, would not have contemplated in a solitary dark back room of his house for 17 years. I need not write you anymore. You know the struggle. The doctor has already said it is like death in life. All that I would like to add is that there is no disappointment for those who are attached to the current within. Sooner or later the door will open unto them. I'm going to skip part of it. He's talking about some current events back at that time. A story goes that in the time of Guru Nanak, a man came to him, and in the course of their conversation, talk turned to saints living in the will of the Supreme. Nanak advocated the supremacy of God's will and the safety of the individual in bringing himself in line with his will. And the man advocated superiority of reason and action. The long and short of it is that this man asked Nanak if he could point out somebody who lived up to this. Nanak gave the name of one Bai Lalo, a carpenter by profession, and gave him his address. This man in time reached Lalo's place and found him working in his shop. Lalo greeted him and said that he would attend to him in 15 minutes. The man continued watching Lalo, who was making a wooden plank to carry the dead a beer. After finishing it, he placed it in the shop and went out to the bazaar and soon returned with some other articles required in disposing of a dead body and put these aside with the beer. Lala was about to address his guest when a messenger came running from Lala's house and said, your son fell down from the roof and is dead. Lala was unperturbed and reflectively said, God's will. The guest was watching Lalo all the time. Lalo quietly took out the plank and the other articles, quietly took the plank and the other articles to his home and arranged as is customary for the disposal of the body. After disposing of the body and taking leave of the people assembled, Lalo returned to the shop along with the man and apologized for his failure to attend to him. The man had been watching Lalo all the time and knew now 
that the plank Lalo was making was evidently intended for the body of his son, and that Lalo knew that the boy was to fall and was to die. He therefore accused Lalo of his negligence in not going home in time and saving the child from the fall. Lalo repeatedly pointed out that the child was fated to die like that, and it is the interest of the child that he was not saved, that his, so that his child's connection with him, Lalo, was to end like that, and it is in the fitness of things that this happened, and he is happy in God's will. Now, Lalo's is not a negative attitude. It is decidedly a positive attitude, an attitude which is not attained so long as one is confined to the sphere of reason. Reason is blind, and activity based on reason is also blind in comparison to what is seen by the inner eye. But so long as the inner eye is not seeing, everyone is in the sphere of reason or intellect and has only this reason to guide him. Looked at from the point of view of reason, uh, he's referring back to the previous thing, which was about a plane crash. Looked at from the point of view of reason, Blank was not wise in his adventure. Looked at from the point of view of the inner eye, he could not help it, and it was to happen like this. Would he have been saved if he had taken to Radhaswami? If death is an event in our life, then the initiation to the sound current is the event of events. The initiation is preordained. Those who are ordained to get it in this life get it, and not others, no matter how close they may be to a master. Death and initiation are in no way to be connected together. One is independent of the other. The outward run of a soul covered by mind and matter may be likened to a journey by stages on a long road. The journey from one stage to another is the span of a single life. Now assume that this journey is done in such a way that the covering is left behind, but the impressions of the past journey are there. These impressions or experiences mold the onward course. And if there are many travelers on the road, one traveler impresses and is in turn impressed by others. A traveler left behind may catch up again. A setback or a runback is not unusual. A skirmish in one stage may develop into a fight in another stage. The vanquished in one stage may turn out to be victorious at a later stage. The impressions and experiences on this journey are the karmas. They influence reason as a magnet influences iron. No two persons think alike because no traveler is 100% fatalist or free will, a free willer. A fatalist makes feeble efforts but is not always successful. A free willer makes a strong effort but is not always unsuccessful. In this journey, struggle is the rule. We have been on this road ever since creation started. We have not gone back to our home for the simple reason we are here now. The way home is within us. That is the sound current. We are disconnected from this sound current. Saints connect us with it and see us back to the home. This is the mission of the saints. From the time of initiation, they are with the initiated at the eye focus, helping him to come back to the focus, and from there going with him 
and seeing him to the home. There may be people who hold that, in spite of their great desire to go within, they do not seem to get the help. Such people only have to search their hearts a little deeply. They will find that what they call their great desire is really very superficial. They do not want to go within and stay within, but wish to go as a curiosity and return and play the juggler. When a soul really wishes to go back, there is nothing to prevent it. It is the law. Has any father given away his hard-earned money to his son to squander away? Or has any father kept away his earnings from his deserving son? And then he finishes up with some personal stuff. I'm glad to learn that during the long sickness of Mrs. Brock last year, you both turned out stronger in faith and are more determined to push on with renewed vigor. And now he refers to the wife of the man whose plane crashed. In case you find Mrs. Blank ready, you may give her the instructions. Enclosed is a translation of a poem by the founder of Radhaswami. I am proud of you both and of your work. With blessings from the Father, yours affectionately, Sawansing. The tape we're hearing is a continuation of a talk by Master Kapal Singh. There was um, photocopied handouts in the uh, front. Some of the some people have expressed uh, difficulty in following Master Kapal's words, so you can follow along with it. And um, I'm not sure exactly where in the uh, printout we are, but. This is a talk that Master Kripal gave in Washington, D.C. in 1964, entitled, How I Met My Master. They were leaving some class, I don't tell you one more even. <coughs> I first came to class in life, I said I was very fond of reading biographies. Even as a student, I think I read more than 300 lives of saints, East and West. First book which came to my hand while I was reading the seventh class, that was Life of a Ramanuja Saint, Ramanuja. What I read there, <coughs> it was given that he went to the master. He gave him initiation. Then he came around, stood on a mount, Call all people around him. He said, what are you going to do? I have got something I am going to give you. Oh, you are disobeying the orders of your master. Without the permission of the master, he should not have done it. Now, mind, I will go to hell. You will be saved. <laughs> I will suffer hell for your sake. You will be saved after all. I don't mind. At that time it came to my mind, if I get this thing, I'll give like anything. But fortunately, I've given this at the order of my master, not without his <laughs> And that is his grace working, I tell you. Never for a moment I dream that I'm doing it, it is his And that's it. Some people ask me, well, you initiate, why your master sometimes appears with you and all alone? 
What should I reply? Tell me. I tell <laughs> it may be that he is in me. That's all I can tell him, you see. Those who have not seen him, even then that form appears. Without visualization, never seen it. They are recognized by showing photos. Well, these are the two state affairs. Those common sense talk. No, I mean, drawing inferences or intellectual wrestling. I wish all should sit together and embrace and give us what they want. Why are so many formations, one leading one way, the other leading one way? Let them sit and digest. Give the higher thing. Why do waste their life? All lives in performing the elementary steps only. Of course, what is required, each thing has its own value. Make the best use of them, but this is the highest thing. Lives are short. And this is how I got it. Now my master ordered me to hide. Bhav says this to you and you carry on. Have a common ground for all. All masters don't say that. They say, all right, carry on this very line. <laughs> Why this truth is not reserved for any, mind that. It is not reserved right of any religion, country, or family, mind that. It is reserved right of each man, without that power manifests, that is, there you can get. What do people do? There is a master here, and they try, the household will try to keep on there in that very life. By, excuse me, we do that and so on. They want to keep them in that very house and very lineage and family. Because it becomes a source of income, I tell you. <laughs> and I think in a worldly way, you will be fool who will leave so much money and <laughs> go away. So that is the result, you see, son may be equal to the father. See, my thing might not be, not necessarily. If there is, that's well and good, that's the criterion. Wherever you find a golden, a marshal go to where light is burning. So this is the cause of so many religions going on, you see. They become only formations. Formation results in stagnation, stagnation results in deterioration. Truth is one. Socrates was asked whether you love Plato. He says, Plato. But I love truth more than Plato. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, Searching after truth. Hmm? Wherever truth is, truth is like that. Find the goal. Our Master, what did he say? Told us, he said, This is the truth you have been given. If you find more than that anywhere, you go and tell me, I will also go. We are worshippers of truth, you see, not personality, this and that thing. If you find the truth here or on the street side or in a very river side or in any congested, very Maybe a cobbler, you see. Don't want to see, so no, 
she pressed on, he put it anywhere he liked. He put it somewhere. After six months old, she came, she was only mending those very shoes in them. Yes, I left here, Ruby said, oh, that might be there where you left. Those were after money. Well, this took this one. Those are after money. quite even, you see, of a saint, it is not after show. He does not live on the donations of others. He owns a livelihood, sent on his own legs and helps others. He doesn't charge anything for his teaching. He given the six scriptures. That becomes a business. So these are some of the digests what I found in scriptures. He will do deafness to all. Have respect for all, even for no view or that way. Because by love only you can tell somebody, not by hatred, not by criticism. You sit together, love together, then naturally you'll understand each other. If you want to enforce on you, oh, you are right, you are wrong. Then nobody is going to listen to you. Truth is truth, isn't it? This is a high God to my master, you see. That God power works, you see. We have respect for that. Son of man never asserts the time. He says, God in me. You see that. So fortunate those who meet such a master, you see. They are put on the way. And what is duty? The more you abide by his words, the more the better. I think when you meet such a master and live hundred percent according to his teaching, well, you cannot return, you will go to the highest if possible. But we don't care, we don't live up to what he says. That is why Christ says, God is light, God is life, and God is love. When you see light, when you become conscious, and the way to that is love. So that is innate in us, yes. God is love and we are also love. So for that reason, you see, love is a innate in everybody, soul, in every soul. And you'll find the word man it's called in Udvi Insan. Insan is one who has that love, who is love personified. He must be overflowing with love, radiating love for all. Anything but natural, see. The man who is overflowing with love, that is. Yeah, mind that criterion of a saint is that he is overflowing love for all. You know, come to praise him and others who come to criticize him too. He loves him. He is polite, he is loving, he, he just put forward and don't impose. You put forward something like that. You know. So, in the moment in scriptures you find, for a man there must be somebody to love. <laughs> man cannot live without it. One with whom to love, you see. 
That love knows attachment, you see. That love is not attached in ourselves, attached with the body, with the children, with the family, with the friends. This is what is called misfit love, you see. Wherever you are attached, you will come back, go to there. And when it is directed to one's own self and the controlling power controlling it, that is called charity. <laughs> so charity is the way back to God. All Master says that. We love the world, you see, more than the world. Yes, some people only pray God, love God, because He will give you these worldly things. If He doesn't give you that, oh, where well, the God is sleeping? <laughs> what did people say? <laughs> so long as our purposes are served, met with, oh, God is all right. This is very grace. If somebody dies, oh, God is true. Oh, you see what is God? If you think it is all God, then or he takes away something you or gives back something to you, what to you? Love not giving. Love no service. Love no sacrifice. Sacrifice not other but to your own self for the sake of service that God is. The more you love, the more you will be what you will send. The surrender is called devotion. Love binds lover. Devotion and surrender binds the beloved. When you surrender somebody to somebody, well, he will sacrifice everything for you. This is uh, surrender is the gift of yourself. That is how much leave all you follow me. We surrender everything we cannot surrender. You'll find people like that who surrender their body. There are also you'll find people who can surrender their wealth. How many there are who can surrender their minds? <laughs> Guru Arjun says, surrender your body, surrender your everything, power, position, surrender your mind, your soul. Then he says, you are with God. You see old movies of Master Kripal, if you were fortunate enough to attend some of his talks, well, while he was talking, he, you know, there's, it's a funny cadence to the way that he talked compared to reading it printed out in the magazine because he would pause and he would look around the room and he would engage the people. And then you hear those people laughing. They were very personal kind of talks. But of course, they were much, much smaller groups of people than when Santi was talking to. It's satsang, uh, 
you know, during the later tours, there were thousands of people. So our last budget is on page 247. The glory of Nam is infinite. I sacrifice myself on the Satguru. In a very short time, the difficulties and afflictions flee from one within whose temple of mind the Satguru always resides. There is no bigger support than Nam. Kabir and Nanak meditated upon Nam. They illuminated the world. Reciting the Nam of the Lord, Mira drank the cup of poison. Adorn your life with Nam every day with regularity. Whoever remained indifferent to God has wasted his birth. The life of him who meditated upon Nam became successful. Whoever boarded the ship of Nam has crossed over. Nam and those who meditate upon it know the glory of Nam. Ajabe, after getting attached to the feet of Kripal, has sung his glory millions of times. Whoever came to the door of the Master, his boat has crossed over. The glory of Nam is infinite. I sacrifice myself on the Satguru. Namaki me ma param par Janva Satguru ke balihar Nam ki me ma param par Janva Satguru ke balihar Palaka japaka te katjate he Usake kashta kalesh, jisake mana mandir me rete, satguru jihamesh. Palaka japakate katjate he, usake kashta kalesh, jisake mana mandir me rete, Satguru Ji Hamesh Ora Namase Padanahi Koi Biadar Namaki Me Ma Parampar Janva Satguru Ke Balihar Nam ki me ma param par Janva satguru ke balihar Nam japa ka bir nanakane Jagame kia ujala Lekar prabhu ka nam pigai Nira jehera piala Nama japaka birananakane Jagame kia ujala Lekar prabuka nama pigai Nira jehera piala Nit niyama se karunama se jivan ka shinagar 
नामकी मेमापरंभार जांवसत गुरु के बलिहार नामकी मेमापरंभार जांवसत गुरु के बलिहार प्रभु से बेमुकराहा जो कोई उसने जन्म गवाया उसके जीवन सफल हो गया जिसने नाम दिया प्रभु से बेमुकराहा जो कोई उसने जन्म गवाया उसके जीवन सफल हो गया जिसने नाम दिया जो बिचारा नाम की नया उठर गया बाब पार नाम की मेमा परंभार जांवसत गुरु के बलिहार नाम की मेमा परंभार जांवसत गुरु के बलिहार नाम की मेमा नाम ही जाने जिस नाम दिया अजायब कृपाल के चरणी लग के कोटि कोटि अश गाया नाम की मेमा नाम ही जाने जिस नाम दिया अजय कृपाल के चरणी लग के कोटि कोटि अश गाया जो विद्वारे आया गुरु के उसका बेदा पार नाम की मेमापरम पार जानवसत गुरु के बलिहार नाम की मेमापरम पार जानवसत गुरु के बलिहार Well, I said at the beginning when I started to read those four selections that um, at the end we would see what the relation of them was, and it's again an example of how the master has everything under control. He has the satsang under control. He has the people in the satsang under control, because the bhajans were picked out independently, and uh, no matter who was sitting here, we wouldn't know what the bhajans were until we got up here. But this last bhajan. Really uh, encapsulates and reiterates all the things that were in those readings that I read. In the middle verse, there, reciting the name of the Lord, Mira drank the cup of poison. I would say that the theme of those four things was on uh, surrendering our mind, trusting in the name, and that everything in our life is under the Master's control. I mean, that's a gross oversimplification. But the story of Mira, which was told in a recent Sunshine magazine, she knew, just like 
Lalo knew that his son was going to die, she knew that the cup had poison in it, but it was sent to her by the king, and she drank the cup, trusting in her master, and the poison didn't affect her. So that's pretty, that sort of wraps it all up there. Nam and those who meditate upon it know the glory of Nam. Ajayib, <clears throat> after getting attached to the feet of Kripal, has sung his glory millions of times. Whoever came to the door of the master, his boat has crossed over. The glory of Nam is infinite. I sacrifice myself on the Satguru. May God bless us all. <laughs>